Ants, Humans, and Stars contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Ants, humans, and stars in everything. Ants, humans, and stars in everything. Ants, humans, and stars in everything. Hey, listener. Come on in. We've got mocha frappuccinos and sugar-free rebels in the fridge. I'm Digo, just another digital nomad. This is Caleb. Sorry. Oh, sorry. He's like, he's not coming in. <laughs> I'm like on stage, like <laughs> this was like a sister act two moment. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> she just standing there, but like, what is she going to? Oh, try it again. Dun. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, okay. Hey, you, come on in. We've got mocha frappuccinos, sugar-free Red Bulls, all in the fridge. I'm Digo, just another digital nomad. This is Caleb. Just another artist with a story to tell. And anyways, what we're we talking about. So for our very first episode, we went to Glory Days Bar and Grill in Virginia for dinner. And we talked about everything from French fries, church, techno music, and cannibals to even racism. It's all while dining on wings and crab dip. The perfect pairings for discussing necrophilia and forbidden love. But don't worry, we, we recorded it. First thing I grab is your french fries. <laughs> no, you're more than welcome. By the way, it was hard to not say french fries in french. Europe. What, they call them something different? They're just fries. Fries. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's true. And I never thought about that. We don't need to make that distinction. I think everyone knows what you mean when you say fries. The French in front of it, it's just like... <laughs> super, it's like really? I, I love how they like point that shit out, too. It's like I want an American hot dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Saying that it. here. We are. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe over there? Of course. Makes sense. There's a lot of type of hot dogs. Oh. So Catholic Mass, mm-hmm. which I'm fucking an expert on <laughs> um it's a host it's a little wafer it's a terrible chip it's a little round little wafer um that they do at communion versus what i knew in other sex sex of christianity yeah we do communion too and and they were like stale little like square chips so yours was probably better I mean, I've grown to appreciate them, but they're definitely not like... When we think about Jesus in the Last Supper breaking (laughs) bread, they're not passing around little wafers. Wafers, uh uh-huh. Yeah, that was like... They never made sense to me. And the idea... They're like, we can't afford to give all these people bread. Exactly. (laughs) The Catholic Church is like, no, we must hoard our billions. We can't spend it on bread. Exactly. That's the Catholic Church, yes. They sound like that to me in my head. Billions. Um, billions. Trillions. Um, so anyways, I know that 
some churches do actual real bread. And I'm here, you know, we're at a service, and out comes like these these two, um, you know, the altar boys, and they're holding like this nice chalice bar- barrel of filled with real bread, dude. Like this, like chopped, up, like you know, oh, nice, wow. thi- like a like a thick slice of it, you know, of, mm-hmm. of just and. <laughs> Well, we, I, we got up early because we had to be early for me is anything before nine so that's early and um considering I don't go to sleep like one so, I had to be there yeah. at ten so it was like we got up very good yeah good? yeah no, the, yeah. yeah it's really good thank you yeah could I get one more uh extra gourmet sauce I'm sorry Absolutely. yeah of course is that really like good yeah. I like it yeah that's why I got another one. I was like, I just, I'm taking, <laughs> I didn't mean to keep it for myself. Anyway, real ass bread. And I was actually kind of hungry because we didn't eat breakfast. I never in my, never thought that, you know, like if you were hungry, you went to Catholic mass, you're still going to be hungry yeah. after Catholic mass. Here they are passing out real bread. <laughs> and the guy sitting next to my dad, um, he like, took some bread he came back and he broke bread with my dad because he was the one sitting next to him i guess it's i guess it could be a, a custom mm-hmm. and thank so thank you so much my dad immediately like handed me a little piece <laughs> like, he was like here you go um and then uh I, my dad went up and he got another piece of bread like to give because yeah, i was hungry i was like you know kind of like morning i would like a little more of the body of christ <laughs> Uh, thank you. Because <laughs> bitch is hungry. Give me exactly. more of the body of Christ. <sighs> Delicious. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that was great. Great ass bread, too. It wasn't all the same. There was some sourdough and there was some regular. Probably my new church. <laughs> What's that? Oh, y'all not doing communion this Sunday? Okay. All right. Well, I'll be back next time. I'm going to show up next time with like, a little bit of butter. <laughs> right? <laughs> Pull out some jelly packets. <laughs> Like, amen. Got that morning breakfast and the body of Christ. <laughs> yep. See how I straight up lied when she asked I me know. what the crab did. I mean, what was I supposed to tell her? 3.5? I'm going to make her feel good. Because I don't, I mean, in the end, like, she didn't make the crab dip. Nor did the cook here. I mean, yeah. they did, but they didn't, you know? They put that out the freezer. Yep. And warmed it up. Yep. There's this um, very white uh, seafood establishment. You gotta be going past. You gotta. You're almost arriving at Fredericksburg when you're going down south, and then you you, you get off, and I don't know where. I, I can't tell you exactly where, but like in somewhere between here and Fredericksburg, you pull off the 95 and you head east, and you know you hit the river. Like um, I don't know if it's the Potomac River. I don't know what river we're talking about, but it's it's a river, and on the riverfront there's it's a body like of water. It's like literally like Joe's Crap Shack, but oh. but not Joe's but Crap not, Shack. Oh, okay. Um, it's just a local thing. And uh, there's like maybe three all along the river, and we've only been to one, but it's the whitest ass, whitest ass thing. But it's the type of place where, you know, you, they'll bring out like rolls of of like brown paper to eat off of your, because there's some, mm. the crab, you know, so it's yeah, yeah, not yeah. a, when I say white ass, I don't mean 
upper class. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I know. I, I do. Um, there's nothing bougie about, about it, it yeah. at yeah. all. But it's on the river, and it's nice, and we've been there a couple of times. And they have amazing everything mm. when it comes to seafood. And my parents always want to go because they want to have the crab dip. And I mean, sorry, the... Crabs, they'll get like 12 crabs, and I'm like, um, I'll get the crab dip, and you know, maybe like a sandwich. You know, I just don't want to work through that. You guys get the crabs, it's so much work for just a little bit of meat. For just a little bit of meat, I understand now why, like, this you know, all of that, which is really funny crabs, oysters, etc., 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 anything that was in the ocean Mm -hmm. was. Slave food. In Virginia, you heard me right. Slaves were eating oysters and crabs and probably lobster. Well, no, that's the thing I was going to tell you. Lobster was actually seen as like a... Yeah, because that's what like slaves and like poor people ate. Like It, it wasn't weird. anything fancy. It, it became something fancy, but that was like a... Something that like, oh, you ate lobster because you didn't have money. Mm-hmm. Like chicken, which is it's so weird because, yeah, people... People associate fried chicken and stuff with black people, but black people couldn't afford chicken back then. Like, that wasn't a thing. Chicken was like a delicacy. That was like, oh, maybe not a delicacy, but you had money mm. if you had chicken. Black people weren't eating chicken. Yeah, no, no, they weren't eating meat yeah. of any sort. They were just being thrown whatever they got that was nearby that was yeah. that was cheap and in Virginia and Maryland obviously cheap meant all that shit growing out there they're just you can get a bunch of that shit and give it to them because it's disgusting cut to yeah now people charge up the butt like a $75 thing for like a a, 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 a lobster tail yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm having I'm in Spain I'm in the Barcelona, uh, yeah, I'm living it up. I'm on the coast. I'm on this restaurant. It's Mediterranean seaside. It is beautiful. It's wonderful. And I'm having paella for the first time. Explain. This, this was only two years ago. And I've been to Spain. And I hadn't had paella. Because I just didn't ever... F- paella is like kind of... Isn't that like... It's like a mix of different seafoods. It's a specialty food that you wouldn't get anywhere, and you don't want to go anywhere and get it because you don't want to be, you know, tricked into some, like, tourist spot or getting some shitty-ass expensive paella. Because in the end, it is expensive because it has seafood and all that. It's just rice with seafood, you know? It's not like I'm like, oh, I need to have I've had rice. I've had seafood seafood. together in a thing. My aunt would make paella and it was good so it's not like I had never had the experience yeah so I just didn't then never got it I had all tapas all this sort of stuff in my years and years of going to Barcelona <laughs> uh, and it was fun he's travel dropping again I'm travel dropping what all the many places he- I've been to Italy I know. I've been to Milan. I know you've been to Italy. I've been to Turin. Because you've literally said that over and over. <laughs> and it's like... Okay, look. That's the only place I can name drop, all right? And I've been to Canada. I've been to London. I've been to Toronto. Like, London, Canada. Not... Really? You went to London? What? London, Canada. No one... I wouldn't even say I went to London, Canada, even if I spent, like, a whole year there. I was just in Canada. Shout out to my friend Logan. <laughs> Hi, Logan. I love you. <laughs> Does... He have issues. 
Hmm? Does he have issues? Does he have issues? No. Yeah. Like, what do you mean issues? With, like, previous unknown and unexplainable scientific experiments on his body. Thank you so much. No, he's... <laughs> does, does, his, does his hands get a little cold in the wintertime? Not that I, I've never touched his hands in wintertime. Does his hair Actually, well, wait. That, yeah, no. Longer and longer, but only on the sides of his head. No. Mm-mm. He doesn't howl at the moon. Uh, he doesn't regenerate when his... Not that I know of. I mean, if, maybe if, if he does, he, he keeps it pretty hidden, but... I just wanted to doubly confirm that he wasn't an X-Men, so that's all. That's Mm-mm. all. Okay. Mm-mm. <laughs> Logan in London. Um, I... <laughs> oh, I totally... <laughs> I thought you were trying to like get uh, that you thought he was like a werewolf. No, you mean Wolverine, because <laughs> Wolverine's from Canada, and his and name I is Logan. That you got yeah. It. Okay, I'm slow. It takes a little minute. Um, it's been a long day. Okay. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. That would be awesome though. And he's way too tall to be. Hey, what's his face work? Yeah, that's true. And he looked. He's good. like six five. He looked good. like you know. Like, but you know what? See. I understand. I don't know if you have guys like this. Hugh Jackman is a incredibly handsome man. But I don't find him... Yeah, yeah exactly. but no, like, no, I don't exactly. look at him like, oh, I want to get with him. Like, I just... You seem so nice, and I'd love to just shake your hand one day and tell you you did a great job. Like, but, in the certain scenes, like in the earlier X-Men's, mm-hmm. when he, like... I remember this... When they were, like, coming into um, Xavier's school... And it, it was like a military operation. They were grabbing a bunch of the kids. I think it was maybe X2, mm-hmm. whatever. And he's in there, and he had just talked to Iceman, and he was in the uh, kitchen, and then yeah, and he's oh, the, that whole scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How he looks looks like a comic. Oh yeah. He he he's just the, all the, the 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 long, muscly body and everything, and it's just yeah. that is just so appealing to look at. Mm-hmm. But it never is to me in a sexual appealing. I don't lust it. Maybe because I know too. It's not that I've looked up a lot about Hugh Jackman, but I don't know. There's just something about him where I'm just like, you're just a really nice guy, but I don't want to. I don't see you sexually. Like I just. But yes, you're incredibly handsome. You're incredibly built. But Hugh Jackman before Wolverine. Maybe <laughs> no, no. He was like, like when he was cast as Wolverine, I was like. He was a, what's it called? Uh, 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 a chick flick. Sorry for the r- crass term, but a chick flick star. Mm-hmm. A drama star. Speaking of chick flicks, today is October 3rd. Shout out to the movie Mean Girls. Mm. Damn, she I want to rewatch that. Here. <laughs> I want to rewatch that. That'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, mean Girls reminds me of all those like random. You know, like thirteen going on, th- or th- you know, like a Cinderella story with Hillary Duff. Um, all this stuff, all yeah. those like thirteen going on thirty. Yeah, that was a good movie. 18, 17 watched, again with what's his face and um, now see the seventeen again. I know is the uh, with I know you're talking about seventeen again with uh, Zac Efron. Yeah, the seventeen again that I reference is with T and Tamara Mori. And Taj Moore from Smart Guy, yeah, uh, yeah where they no, made I them. I don't know if I old. saw that, but I do remember that. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tia Tamara, are they alive? 
What? <laughs> Don't do that, Digo. Okay, they are icons. They are legends of the 90s. Doesn't mean they can't be dead. Uh, I know. Shout, rest in peace, Aaliyah. Icons. Um, like Robin's of dead. Our genera- of our generation, Robin's I mean. Dead. Robin. Robin who? Williams? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but he like predates the 90s by like two, almost two decades. Um, no, Tamara's on the talk show The Real, which I sometimes watch after I watch The View. I forget. Yeah. And um, Tia has a show on Netflix. It just got picked up for a second season. Yeah, no, they're still doing stuff. They, 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 I love them. Taj Mori is another like Hugh Jackman. Like Taj Mori is, has a super cute look. I don't even know who that is. Their little brother. I don't even know. From Smart Guy. He played on Full House as Michelle Tanner's best friend. You know him if you saw him. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Is he just another white dude? No. Tia and Tamara's oh, brother. Sorry. I forgot that little yeah. detail. <laughs> he yeah. could have been bro- I'm not talking about Mary Kate and Ashley, okay? Megan's <laughs> sister, remember? Like it's from like that whatever ethnic country and she's holding on to that shit. Um Yeah, they could have been adopted. <sighs> oh yeah, that's the seventeen again that I think about. I was like, wait, why was I talking about Tia and Tamara? Sister, sister. Never knew how much um, I missed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. There's going to be silence here because we're going to eat some me, I know. <laughs> we'll be back in a few minutes. We'll be right back on <laughs> Ants, Humans, and Stars. What, um... Bush, by the way, I told a friend about that title, and he, like, totally... I was already... I, already, I told you, I already liked it, but he, like, sold me on it even more when he knew nothing about it because <clears throat> I was like, I can't remember what... Uh, I was like, I kind of remember your reasoning for saying you liked it but I couldn't remember exactly and so I was telling him like my interpretation of why I liked it was that it kind of just like covers everything and he was like yeah I think that's great like it means that you guys literally talk about the small things everything you know even to the big things the things that some people might think are insignificant to the things that are near and dear to your heart that we all go through every day and I was just like yeah that's small things to the big things People never text me this much, ever, when I'm home, alone, doing nothing. Crying by the bedside. Huh? What? (laughs) (laughs) Listen to the recording. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) This is why you bring headphones, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Yeah, I can, like, hear every single... Yeah, um, Caleb doesn't have his headphones. I do. I can hear every little detail, like, his little, like crunching of his like french fry I can hear it it's in all now no I can't hear that that's that's just silent (laughs) I'm trying not to smack (laughs) if I was at home right now it'd be a mess I do like a lot of takeout whenever I'm anywhere except my parents house and Mm -hmm. yeah I I take takeout because I'd rather go home in my protective bubble hoard my food into my room and eat it yeah. like a fucking animal. <laughs> yeah. Like, just, no one's watching, all my fingers, all my face, everything. Mm-hmm. Eat it, love it, wash it in the in the bathroom off, and then, yeah. I'm, then I'm good. I don't have to politely eat my food in front of people when I'm out. I mean, I love that. But not every I day. Don't. I just would rather just... Especially <laughs> when it's food you have to touch, like this, like... I don't want to be nice and slow. I just want to, like, can we just be messy and then get it over with, and then I'll be done. Hey, how you doing? 
he like did he just do a walk by with the yeah. phone just to like curious? Right, does it? And he's like gonna swing back to his table, and be like, "Yo, bitches, they just they recording some shit. I don't know what's going on. I couldn't get any more information." Yes, we're sitting in the middle of a restaurant, and that's definitely probably what happened. We definitely don't have like any like apparent reason of why we're sitting here with microphones, and it also what it was. The powering chicken. <laughs> like this is our podcast. Us just eating with a mouth. But that's like the lady on YouTube who just eats like pickles. Hmm. And she has a microphone there, and she just is crunching, and she's like a thing. She, people are interested in the most crazy shit. People are easily. You've seen um. Idiocracy. Idiocracy? Mm-hmm. No. It's a comedy. It's an SNL movie, I think. But um, an SNL movie. You know, with a bunch of SNL stars, like basically oh. do a movie. I don't know if it's sponsored or I don't know, but they're basically a bunch of SNL stars. And um, not Luke Wilson. Oh wait, yeah, Luke Wilson. I was about to say in my head, not Owen Wilson, but Luke Wilson. No, yeah, Luke Wilson, the other white dude mm-hmm. with the. Honestly, I, don't know I think him. better face. But you know Owen Wilson? Mm-hmm. Well, he's got a brother. Luke Wilson, who is today... I don't know. I guess they're both on the same page as being famous. Except that Luke... Owen Wilson? Owen? Yeah. Owen Wilson keeps getting uh, shit with uh, that director that does those unique movies like Budapest <laughs> Hotel. What is it? The Budapest... <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? The Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. And all those movies, like the Curious Fox or the whatever, the uh-huh. uh, all those movies that are great. And I, I like some of them. A lot of them. I like a lot of them. Um, anyways, he's, he's basically always in his movies, so he's fine. But speaking of the Grand Budapest Hotel, I really like Dev Patel. And I think he's super cute. And it sucks that he only gets movies that are about India. You mean White Castle? What? No, Dev Patel. He was in the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, was he the the, the little boy? Um, no, he's a grown man. I mean, not a little boy. The <laughs> bellboy. The probably. Was he dressed as a like he had? Have you a, seen Slumdog Millionaire? Okay, yes. Then that's that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who I thought you were talking because because I'm terrible with names. I thought you were talking about. <laughs> Kumar and what's his face go to White Castle and I thought you were talking about Kumar <laughs> no uh no <laughs> not at all um and he's a great actor but he only gets movies about India as if he's the only an Indian actor out there and uh, Hollywood sucks Hollywood and they're still figuring it out they really shouldn't have to figure it out. They can still make money with ex- ethnic people, but there's still more afraid. people than just white people watch movies. If you go to the past, you think there was just yeah. white people in America. If you watch the movies, like there was actually no one. Or TV shows like Friends mm. or Will and Grace. They get the token. They go out on yeah. a date with like a token, and then they're gone. There can't be an ongoing ethnic character of anything. And then, mm-hmm. what would the world say? <laughs> <laughs> you even look at the shows that were supposed to be futuristic, and it was like, nope, no black people in space, no Hispanic Whoopi. people in space. I mean, yeah, that that was groundbreaking that they added her. Whoopi fucking Goldberg, yeah, is in space with exactly. that wonderful getup, <laughs> right? That purple outfit. Yep. 
Um, so I went out last night, uh-huh. as I tend to do, and it was, the show started at 7. What, you, what show did you go see? Never heard of it before, but I was looking at stuff to go out last night, and, and I can't remember. Meut is the name of the band, M-E-U-T-E, and they're a German techno band. Uh, Interesting. I'll show you some clips, but... You know, I looked them up on YouTube, as it's, as I will do, and see their live show, and they're like 10 guys on mobile instruments. So, like, the drummer, every, everyone is, like, on, in the band, like a, like a marching band type thing, right? Mm-hmm. But cooler, because they're doing beats. Mm-hmm. Live, uh, covering, you know, some of the favorites and some, like, but all very, like, Euro, not nothing necessarily to top forty American. Uh, gotcha. Anyway, um, there were trumpets and trombones and all the brass instruments. There was a flute. There was uh, whatever that. What is that thing called? The huge, a big drum, a big drum, a big fucking drum. Big and, drum. and then he did the. Like he had that, and then mm. the other guy he had just the like the cowbells and the whatever, mm. and then the other guy had the snares and whatever. And um, the one is like is like huge, and it comes up here, and they're like it's brass, and it's like a big opening up over their head, facing out. And they're a like, tuba, maybe it's a tuba. Yeah, I'm terrible with instrument names as well. <laughs> names okay. is an issue. Uh, do you anyway, know? Do you know my name? <laughs> I, I definitely got it. Uh, if you have a middle name, don't know yet. So uh. going. Off, just going on, like on and on and on. The taking the song that maybe was like a three or four minutes and making it a ten to fifteen minute track by yeah 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 adding their own stuff. I lost it on the dance floor. I couldn't handle live. I was gonna say yeah, that sounds really nice. Amazing, especially techno and live instruments. Anyway, uh, they ended their set. Of course, we cheered them on to come back on. Like when they ended, and everyone was cheering to come back on. It seemed like they were going to come back on. I quickly like left to go get a drink and came back to the dance floor. And I could, was like, "Why is everybody?" They went out of mm-hmm. stage. They went off stage and came back in, snuck into the middle of the crowd with their instruments and now they were doing an encore in the middle of the room oh, with everyone wow. around that's awesome oh my god we're just losing their shit yeah, and they were yeah, just yeah. even more la, 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 la. <laughs> they finally got back on stage they did the last like really like intense song and out of nowhere for me it blew me away maybe I was the only one I don't know there's a there's a band called Trent Moeller mm-hmm. first heard of them back in 2000 and four, five, six, so, mm-hmm. and they had this album called um, The Last Resort, and I, that would be the album I would play whenever I had somebody over and we were getting busy. I put that song, I put that, that album on, it was just mm-hmm. perfect. They had like some high beats, some, some soundscapes, some really, but there's one track. Mm-hmm. As soon as I heard the, the, the intro, what's that thing, like, where, like, and it's like little xylophone I guess where you could hit it and it has different sizes of yeah mm-hmm. yeah he was playing that the, the, the notes and I was like oh my god no way they're doing Miss You from Trip Muller as they're 
I'm like on verge of tears because they're bringing uh, up this song that I haven't heard in such a long time and to do a cover of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was amazing. I'm like, what are the odds? It hit me out of nowhere. It was such a thing, and that was their closer. And it's not mm. a high song. It's not. It's it's a very melodic, slow, and it was just like a and then end. And it, it these guys. These guys came out of nowhere. I didn't. Even, I gotta. Yeah, I need to look them up. They were beautiful. German white men. Uh huh. They were good as shit. Oh, and um, a few of them gay. One was definitely gay because mm. he had like a little cap and he sang. Uh, mm. I hear you say dun dun. I hear you say dun dun. I heard you say dun dun. I heard you say dun dun. Oh, anyway. I don't know that song. I'm sure you're terribly. <laughs> I um, that sounds really cool though. I hope they got a lot of shows because who, when they this go to is, cut them checks, this is gotta put that ten ways. This is the first U.S. show. Oh wow! Tour, the first U.S. tour. Oh okay okay. And starting here, they've been doing tours in Europe. Yeah. They're known, but um. Got That's famous enough to go do a U.S. tour. And I'm trying to get famous enough to go do a, a European tour. <laughs> I'm going to go to Barcelona and sing. And uh, that is not even the reason why I even brought this whole thing up. <laughs> but So I had to, I guess, tell you all that to illustrate how much I was liking it and how much I was just in it. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, you're not going to have... Are you going to have any more of this? Mm-mm. I'm just going to eat the spoon from when that happens, I tend to get into the zone. Right? Especially when I was surrounded by people who were in the zone. That was makes it easier. You mm-hmm. know, everybody's just, oh my God, love Feeling it. Feeling it. Real. This <coughs> 40s, 50s businessman type dude, it's not the first time, will be the last. Comes up, asks the usual question. What do you think that question would be? Cause I yeah I don't know. It's always a variation. This time it was, you got any pills? Oh, this is this is this is like an everyday thing for me when I'm. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, it's a I, good club and I am feeling the music. It's <laughs> a matter. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before somebody asks me, "Do I have drugs?" Oh no, let's go. So sorry. It's fine, man. We're gonna kill him later. I was gonna say, there's a part of me that's like, you were really nice about it. Then there's a part of me that, because I perform and a lot of times I'm playing, well, I should say, when I'm playing in like a restaurant like this, like people have walked by. I think, what are you gonna do about that wing? Would you like a wing? <laughs> How are you going to leave one wing? You know it's yours, too. I'm, I've had no, six. I had a whole bunch of fries. No. I'm, I, wait, I no. I had six, too. One, two, three. Something I had six. Because I had to stop. Because I was like, wait, he got six. I need so to let him tell eat. tell me there was 13 in there? One, Someone two, three. Yeah, Julie hooked us up. Listen, it was me. It was 100% me. And I'm saying I'm slight with it. But yeah, Julie hooked us up. The there you go. There we go. Yes. Lovely. There you go. Hey. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you so much. You were saying. Oh, you, was that a wet nap thing? Yeah. A wet white? There were like seven of them on the, on the, 
on the train. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I to God. There were like so many. <laughs> really? Yes. Now I feel horrible because I'm sitting here licking my fingers. <laughs> I usually don't do that. But I was like, you know what? I'm with Digo, and I don't think he cares. Even if Definitely he judges me, oh, oh well. Um, <laughs> um, what were you talking about? Let's pretend that guy bumped into the mic again. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I've played at like restaurants before, and people bump into it, and I'm just like, but aren't you at, like on a stage? No, no, no. So when I'm playing in like a restaurant, they have me like in a corner. Okay. Um, so like the when you play at like the wineries, you usually have stages. The breweries sometimes have stages. Um, but like I played at a place like the Green Turtle, and that's just a re- it's literally like this at Glory Days, and so you're you're just in a corner or on something. But anyways, it. <laughs> I'm just like, you see them, how do you, anyways, it bugs me, and so you were really nice about it, because <laughs> I really wanted to be like, really, really? Ooh, okay, I think we're right on for two, because, I mean, this is gonna, I got my story, it's like three pages or so to read, and there's let's do it. a lot to unpack. Okay, let's just, do it. <laughs> Emotionally. <laughs> oh, emotionally. Um, well, I don't know. I mean... So I had an idea. This is just for me. Oh, I don't have the internet. Oh, I can get the internet. I'm just gonna... Well, is there a... Um, Tiffany? No. Uh, Tam- Julie? Julie? <laughs> Julie? Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's it's Tiffany? Right, Tammy? <laughs> I literally. No, no, no. You know what I did? Here. You know what I did? I start. I started naming all the Asian friends that I know. And I literally. Swear to God. Swear to God. I'm just admitting it. I'm admitting it. I've never met an Asian Julie. I yeah. I haven't. Okay. So speaking of Asian people. There's this guy who I've seen. Who's Asian? Yes, who's Asian. <laughs> and he has pink hair. And I've seen him once over there sitting at the bus stop. And this is all within, like, this was maybe, like, I don't know, three days ago. I saw him sitting at the bus stop by the car wash right there. And then today, I was driving to the car wash. And I saw him, like, riding down the street. Streak. Riding down the street. Streaking. Uh, <laughs> on a bike. And... It's weird, but I've never, I saw him and it was just like, God, I want to talk to him. Like, he just looks so cool. That pink hair. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but I was just like, I literally was driving and I was just like. It's like an anime character. I saw him. He's on a bike? Like a bicycle. A bicycle. Yeah. A bicycle. He was just riding down the sidewalk and I was like, oh, that's him. And I don't think I've ever seen somebody just like, oh, I want to talk to you. Like I just, and it wasn't a sexual thing. It was just like. Wow, you're striking. Mm. Anyways, let's get him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I see him, I'm gonna f- turn my car around. Like, hey, we need like <laughs> business cards or something. Like to like immediately. Hey, look, I have a podcast. Yeah, I want yeah. you on this on the next episode. <laughs> Why? It's just it's your pink hair. I don't know what you. it is. It's just you. Your or what you're giving off. But yeah, we need that in the mix.
And now we got something juicy. We got something with just the right amount of diabetes. <laughs> it's story time. It's story time. <laughs> I'll go first. So I am using my gals from um, Wine and Crime as a muse. I'm not sure if I'm going to follow this, but it seemed like a good idea at the time to... they Every episode, they have a theme. Mm-hmm. And I've started with their first ah necro- necrophilia necrophilia as a guide of what to look for and i found i think one of these like crazy ass cases that i was all over the internet i just like really didn't dive much past you know what you saw in a little clip but maybe you know about it maybe you don't and we're going to get into it. This is All the right. murderer and cannibal known as Izei Sagawa. He's Japanese. We're talking about 80s. Mm. Um, this is this is heavy. I mean, there is cannibalism in here. This is there isn't like kind of cannibalism. It's, it's there full. isn't like appetizer cannibalism. There's full course going all the way in, not just all the tip. All the <laughs> Just sinking your teeth into that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, oh damn! I, I, I forgot to like review my uh, French before going into this, but you know, uh, you definitely helped me to try to pronounce some of this, which I'm going to butcher and maybe like re-record some of the time because I'm, I, cannot, I cannot. Well, I could. Let's see. I, I'll see how I got to do it from out of memory. But anyway, I'm just saying I'm going to butcher it now, and I apologize to everyone who speaks French. <laughs> To all the French people listening. To all the French people listening and maybe listening, I'm going to butcher it and I apologize. So, just, I mean, Sagawa. 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 Sagawa had a devastating impact on his family. His younger brother developed asthma caused by the stress of what his older brother did. His father had to quit his job and his mom almost attempted suicide. Mm. It's serious. Starting off serious. Siri, I'm not talking to you. No, I just said <laughs> serious. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, you need something. <laughs> um, Sagawa, who is living in Tokyo, uh, who is living in Tokyo with a new name and an apartment provided by the Japanese government. This is currently hap- this is right now. He's in Tokyo area. He has an apartment provided by the Japanese government, and he admits he still has a desire for human flesh. Mm. He claims he won't act upon his cannibalistic urges, but he states, you know, he's kind of done with it, has no further desire to kill another human being, another human being. But a quote from Post Magazine says, he still can't help but see a beautiful woman and wonder what she might taste like. By the way, in the beginning of Mortal Nature, there's kind of like a little bit of this happening that maybe I'm into cannibalism. Who knows? But I, I mean, not like personally, I want to eat people, but I'm into but you're, the whole. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. you're, it, it intrigues you. It intrigues me. I'm like, how can this I don't want to taste human flesh, but I am not subscribed to the taboo of tasting human flesh. Like, I. I would consider it just like eating any other animal, but as with most other animals, you don't eat your own kind. It's just it's just what is. Unless you're a uh, praying mantis, whatever you eat everything. 
<laughs> you love the, <laughs> praying, the, the praying kangaroo man. hop. <laughs> it's the new dance for the 2020. Exactly, the praying mantis. Uh, in the you article, here first. Uh, with Post Magazine, Sagawa describes what led up to witnesses and later police finding him with two suitcases full of Rene Hartevelt's remains in an attempt to dump them in a lake in a public park in Paris. Damn, I'm already going to fuck up the... the uh, it, it's... Bois de Bologna. Bois de Bologna. Side note, it's actually a park where the first manned hot air balloon flew, ever. If anybody's interested in hot air balloons, you're probably just nutted. Um... <laughs> I love it, I love it. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's where Sagawa says... <laughs> uh, he, here's what Sagawa says in that same article. Um, I first noticed Rene when we were both in a lecture on Salvador Dali at Sorbonne, a university in Paris. And the first time I spoke to her was afterwards at the metro station. I was attracted by her beauty, the fact that she was not French and that she was Jewish and that her skin was not white like other European women, but darker. He adds that while Audrey Hepburn is generally seen as the ideal woman amongst Japanese, he's always preferred the Grace Kelly. So he had tastes too. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, like, of course he had Taste. Taste. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like, uh-huh. could you imagine being like, no, I don't like that cow. Give me that cow. Exactly. Like, I don't, exactly. Like, that's... I want the brown cow with the black spots, not the white one. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, for many brown nights... Brown cows, I don't think they exist, by the way, but... <laughs> don't... The, every cow exists. There was a crazy cow, like a pink cow or something. Like, it was like, came out of, like, it was like a really? real, like, fluke. There's pink dolphins. Just pink everything. I remember a guy telling me that that Just like humans. Call those white people. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but anyways, back to this dude. Grace Kelly uh, and him, him liking Sagawa. Sagawa and him liking. Um, <clears throat> so he goes on to say, you know, for many nights, I had been inviting prostitutes. And let's call them sex workers. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's the uh, <coughs> proper term. Uh, they back to my uh, my apartment, but not for sex. I just wanted to eat them. But he couldn't necessarily bring himself to commit the act. He was kind of like trying. He was wanting. Every time they used the toilet and had their backs to me, I had the gun, but I couldn't pull the trigger. It wasn't for moral or religious reasons. He was just scared by pulling the trigger. Uh, he felt that would like finally give into a dark void of his desires, right? It would just be like, this is the, there's no turning back from this. And that's the thing about, and this is quoting him, that's the thing about an obsession. It means that whatever your brain or body tells you to do, you have to do it. You become a slave to your obsession. And these are from various interviews with him. Mm-hmm. He's, He's been interviewed. As I began this, he's living in an apartment the government of Japan is paying Paying for. for. It's not a nice apartment, but this is off. Mm -hmm. 
He's obviously, I'm going to loot, I mean, I've been looting. He's killed and eaten a yeah. woman. Uh, but what happened? So, I mean, so like over a period of weeks, Sagawa managed to spend more and more time with uh, Renee. Uh, they were discussing art because they had that class together. Uh, they were drinking coffee at Parisian cafes, you know, just you know, just seeing what's up with her. And he also bought a carbine at a hunting shop. A carbine is a long gun firearm, but with a shorter barrel, so it's like a like a shotgun, but with a short barrel, um, probably. So it could be easily fired on somebody close range. <clears throat> And not rouse too much suspicion as buying a handgun. Hmm. Right? I'm only guessing that's my... That's what I think. Um, eventually, on the pretext that he needed a poem recorded for a class, he invent, convinced her to accompany him to his apartment. Don't no, go, bitch. Don't, don't, go. Go, don't, go. <laughs> don't go. Don't go. Don't uh, go. You'll, uh, maybe I'll show you photos, but this guy... He looks weird. I wouldn't go home with this dude. But... It's the fucking 80s, dude. The 80s and the 70s. It's like hitchhiking, hanging yeah. out with strangers. Like, yeah. especially when somebody's in your class. Like, why would you even, mm-hmm. in those times, you wouldn't even. And and if she was thinking that, like, something would happen, rape, right? Like, at, at most, he might try to come on her and get on her. No one could have. He's good. Okay. She was standing at the sink, washing her hands with her back to me. And I just had images of the prostitutes that I had called over with their backs to me. Sagawa put the rifle to the back of Hartlett's head, took a deep breath, exhaled, pulled the trigger. Mm. The... You know, when I was, like, reading about it, I mean, I pictured much more, I mean, like, you know, like, Silence of the Lambs. I mean, like, she died quick Mm -hmm. is the best part of this for her, because... Oh, thank you. Because what happens after this, thank God she was dead for, to be honest. Um, She fell over the table. There was blood on the poems she had been reading from and the tape recorder that she had brought. To record herself reading the poem. She slipped onto the floor, and as he recalls, I jumped back, watched her face turn completely white. It was the first time I had seen a dead body, and I was really shocked. But he had a Jekyll and Hyde kind of situation going, so he was shocked. He didn't want to kill her. But he says, I wanted to eat her butt. I had to flip her over, and she was heavy. At first, I tried to bite into her butt. He says buttocks, but mm-hmm. I don't like that term. Buttocks? Yeah. buttocks. Like, come on. It's the butt. It's the ass. I tried to bite her in the ass, but the flesh was too hard. And I tried to use a fruit knife, but that didn't work either. So he went out and bought a curved special sharp knife to continue to go down this road. And this is what and also intrigues me about this is that He's going to get into the sexual necrophilia about this. Mm -hmm. But to me, I don't think that he was actually a necrophile. It's just 
just, the moment, mm-hmm. right? So even a murderer who's like just r- murders people may sometimes rape people before or after. They're already killing them, so it's like killing, mm-hmm. rape, killing, having sex with. Yeah, he later did have sex with the body, the dead corpse, and so he committed necrophilia. Or I don't even know if that's the right term, but he necrophiled all over that body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I say, you know, I, I say here that he's. I've read, you know, a few interviews and articles. There was an interview on the Post. There was an interview on Vice. Interview the books, you know. So basically, it seems that as I see all these things, I didn't read the books. I just read the articles. <laughs> um, <laughs> that he doesn't seem to be a necrophile mm-hmm. as they are. Like a necrophile will go to a cemetery, dig up a body, have sex with them. Mm-hmm. It's not about eating Kid. them. Uh-huh. N- that gross would gross them out, maybe, or they're just not interested in eating. Um, so. For him, it's the intensity and pleasure of eating that gets him aroused, not the other way around. And um, so to me, he's a true, at heart, cannibal. Hannibal Lecter, Japanese style. Um, but here's something that's interesting, and as I've been alluding to, the artic- his articulation really proves that he's not, in, in the way, in all these interviews, how articulate he is. And in describing it, to me, to me, he seems that he's not insane. The French government thought he was insane. They caught him, you know, went through the whole process, deemed him insane. Not the Japanese government. And I'll get into the, why that's important. But to me, he just seems like he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he wants. It just so happens to be eating flesh which is you could just immediately say oh that's insane but an insane person is this this and this mm-hmm. he's not that he's just has these things that mm-hmm. I, I have trouble even saying not ins- like not saying the word insane crazy but this is another way to say it it's just off color anti-society Nothing I was gonna say fits. I yeah to me it's more just like it might sound extreme but I'm like oh no you're just an evil person because you're fully aware you're yeah. you you know what you're doing you can explain it you can say hey this is how I was feeling and you know what you're doing like yeah you know yeah my my first when you first said that yeah my first instinct is like to push back like no what are you talking about he isn't saying but no you're right it's not insane like no he just sounds like yeah some people are just you're just evil. Mm. Like there's no reason for you to do what you're doing, aside from you're just doing that for your own pleasure. To to, to perversion, antisocial, but sane sane enough to communicate his like deep deep desire mm-hmm. and 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 all the facets of it. Um, and thing that stands out to me is that he regrets the act of killing Renee, not from remorse of killing her necessarily, but that he considered her a friend and if quote, if only she had let me taste her just a little bit. What he truly wanted was to eat living flesh. <laughs> but of course, I mean, there's a, there's a, a British TV comedy that's the 
four seasons. They're done now. Uh, it's called the It Crowd, the IT Crowd. Um, mm-hmm. It's really funny. They have this episode where one of the characters. There's two characters. They're like uh, co-workers in the basement of this uh, company, and they're IT professionals, and they're really nerdy. And uh, they get all hung up because they're always hanging out with each other, like during and after work. And then one of them, they're like, "You got to see other people," you know, like they're like a couple, right? And then like to see other people, one of them looks up basically Craigslist and finds an ad about somebody who's going to teach him German cuisine. But actually, what it was is a German cannibal who wanted to eat him. But it was all like very like you know, there was it wasn't like a horror movie. It was yeah, like yeah. very comedy. You know, like he's coming to the apartment and there was like because he's German, he didn't actually write it correctly, and then it was misunderstood. And so they just watched a film. <laughs> you know, like that. That's what it was. Anyway, um, that there are people who would probably like there are people who are cannibals who probably have the same like desire if only somebody would allow me to eat them mm-hmm. so i i don't want to kill anybody but the unfortunate thing is that those probably go hand in hand we kill the animal to eat it we don't like take a little bit out of exactly. the cow and like. I, like, I just want to. Ch- I just want the wing chicken. Yeah, <laughs> like, like just cut off the wing just, and then you're that good. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Like we don't yeah. just take a little bit out of the animal and then let mm-hmm. it live. But yeah, anyway, um, let's go back to when Sagawa was a kid. Okay. Um, this kind of like really <laughs> drives it home. Uh, from the Vice article, um, mm-hmm. Sagawa recalls being in first grade and comparing his body to other kids. Like we all do, nothing creepy about that, but apparently he'd always been, and he looks like this today in all the pictures I've seen, like a kind of a skinny, weak-looking dude. And he says he'd always been a weak person. And when he was a child, he says that his legs were so skinny they looked like pencils. Mm. He'd look at the quiver, quote, quivering meat on a male classmate's thighs and think, hmm, that looks delicious. As a kid, he was already, I guess... Thinking that just, way. Yeah, there's, you know, something about his body image, maybe fueling that too. Like, oh, look at the meat on other people. I wish I had that. I wish I had that. Mm. Maybe. Kind of... Mm. Um, and that kind of also... That makes sense to me because, like, let's say... You know, whatever I don't have, I sometimes am attracted to for other people, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I'm, like, trying to get in that headspace of him. And, like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm seeing where you're going with this. Um, and so, this is where he gets into his manifesto, essentially, of how his urge of eating is a sexual desire. Still, like, it's not necessarily separated from sex. But he explains the difference that he's feeling when, you know, you want to say necrophile. Um, he references Georges Bataille, probably butchered it, um, a French literary, uh, it's Georges Bataille, if you want to say it in an English <laughs> way, uh, a French literary figure with writings and subjects as uh, erotic- eroticism, surrealism, and sociology. He references him and says that George's George believed that the kiss is the beginning of cannibalism. 
Again, I'm trying to I'm trying to go with this. Okay, so he uh, huh? So the beginning. But most people would say a kiss, a nibble, a hard bite is as far as I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I've been there. I've I've definitely but felt it, the urge to bite. But but you're not doing it because you want to eat. No. I would hope right. not. <laughs> you're not doing it because you want to bite and then take the skin off and then eat it. Right. But where... So he's saying that, like, maybe that's a, a natural it's, wall it's for okay. some people. Mm-hmm. And then, like, but he didn't... He wanted to continue. Uh, he he wished to gnaw on flesh as one would for, would for a lover. But to him, the taboo was not strong enough. And it's not strong enough to shield to prevent the innate cannibalistic urge that he had Mm. fueled by his sexual drive. Um, I want to eat human meat. It is a sort of... I also feel bad interrupting. No, no. This this is... It's recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's fine. It's fine. So I was doing some work in the background. Anything else? Um, I think I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah, Yeah. right now. Thank you. Sure you want some meat? Some meat? (laughs) I'm good. Some pork, apparently, is what we taste like. I'm good. Interesting. Yeah. I don't Uh, even need to know. Long pig is what we are. Long pig. Yeah. Um, Try and stay away from red meat. (laughs) So, so you said I want to eat human meat. It is a sort of sexual appetite. So if I don't, if I don't make sure that I ejaculate frequently enough, the desire only gets stronger and stronger. As I mentioned, Sagawa lives in Tokyo, world near Tokyo, um, more specifically in Kawasaki, mm-hmm. uh, an industrial city west of Tokyo with factories and bases like Fujitsu and Toshiba. Um, not necessarily the best place. Uh, it's kind of an industrial city. So um, he's 70 years old now. Uh, and though he's been charged with attempted murder and cannibalism, he's never served a sentence in France or Japan. Yeah. In 1981, he was arrested by the French police Mm -hmm. with damning evidence in hand. I mean, two suitcases full of dismembered parts of what was left of Renee's uh, heart heart belt. Uh, That would be enough. I mean, like, you know, all the evidence in the apartment and every evidence. Yeah. Okay. But... Um, Sagawa had a wealthy father who was able to provide a formidable lawyer and in trial, the French judge uh, I guess with the help of the lawyer and then everything presented found him to be legally insane (coughs) and Mm, well that meant that he's ordered to be held indefinitely in a mental institution Mm -hmm. so he was contained but at a mental facility Yeah, which is not like jail that's like yeah, and, and hey, you know, that could suck, too. I mean, I'm not saying that, like, mental facilities are, like, the Ritz, but... But it's the fact that you're getting treated a whole lot different in a mental facility than you are being a prisoner. Right. If I want, Again, like... Again, not saying that, I, oh, I'm like, oh, it's a breeze or walk in the park. Can I get orange juice? And, and that might happen. Yeah. You know, whereas it's, jail is like, get fuck off. Like, you're going to get... Yeah, well, yeah. That what we serve you today. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, seems like that's where it should just okay. That end cut and dry. He's in a mental facility for the rest of his life. Oh, but no. <laughs> um, 
author and film historian, and I definitely don't have a friend to brush up on my Japanese, uh, Inuko Yomota mm -hmm. found this whole story was worth a closer look <laughs> and first detailed... The first detailed public account of the murder was published in Japan. It was called In the Fog. It successfully led Sagawa into the spotlight and made him a celebrity. Mm. The book quickly became a bestseller in Japan, and Sagawa became proud of that. And for him, it was the first time in his whole life that people were finally interested in what he had to say. It was like a way for him to like, look, I'm a cannibal, and this is what I like. And why and explain and say everything that I'm telling you right now. Um, and he became a cultural icon in Japan. In 1985, popular French magazine, The Paris Match, joined in and obtained the gruesome crime scene photographs of Rene's dismembered corpse and published them in the magazine. They published the goddamn photos in the magazine. Needless to say, the French were like done. Mm -hmm. They were pissed. I mean, like, the, here's this guy, they're, you know, they're paying for him to live. And he's profiting off of it. He's probably getting, you know, commissions off of these books. He's getting celebrity. He's getting people to come. He's having... A good time. The time of his life. He's yeah, having yeah. the time of his life. He ate somebody. <laughs> and uh, now he's, yeah, he's a celebrity for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man killed her over the course of a few days, ate what he liked of her, mm -hmm. jammed the leftovers into a suitcase and was going to throw them in a lake. And now he's like this great people are asking him tell us the details tell us the gore tell us you know we want to know more because that's how people are i mean people want to look and i you know yeah so but the french were like no 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 they arrested the journalist associated with the publishing they seized 250,000 copies of this magazine they were mm. just like no 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 none of this and you know what that guy he's got to go he's deported to japan done we're out he's done we're done with this guy when he was in Japan, he was taken to the Matsuzawa, Matsuzawa Hospital to be examined. There, mental health professionals derived at the same conclusion. You're insane. You need to be in jail, etc. Now, okay, but, you know, you can't just... They're in Japan now, so you can't just take a citizen and throw him into jail in modern times just because somebody found him insane. Like, you have to go through the whole trial mm -hmm. and so they needed court documents from Paris to pursue that case in Japan and go down that but for whatever reason the French refused to hand over those documents and in turn the Japanese legal system could not pursue Sagawa so on August 12th 1986 Sagawa walked a free man in Japan up to that point, he had been contained for five years in facilities, but he had never been in real prison. He had never served time. He was, and now he's in Japan, a free man, never going to serve time for whatever he did. Uh, he sailed on the winds of publicity. 
inviting the media to his home, even to appear on Gourmet Magazine. In later years, his decline in health, abandonment by the media, same from some rehashing articles from Vice and Post Magazine where I picked up. Vice was like 2009, Post was in 2013. Um, So he might still be alive now. I mean, it says so in Wikipedia. Because of his decline in health, abandonment of the media, his inability to carry out his true desire to eat human flesh, he's been left with daily thoughts of suicide. Mm. In the Vice article, the interviewer asks, this is a funny interview, I mean, he's like trying to be like as lighthearted as he can when you're interviewing a freaking cannibal, like uh, who's gotten away with it. Yeah. With such a gruesome detail of how. But anyway, uh, he asks, do you have a message for all the girls around the world reading this? Sure. I would like to invite any woman who wants to kill me to step forward. Beautiful women only. That would be the ideal way for me to die. That would be the ideal way for me to die. Maybe they can shoot me up with morphine so I don't feel any pain. Although, I guess the pain is part of the pleasure. Dying instantly is boring, so I want to savor the process of being killed. An alternative would be to drown in female saliva. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be covered all over with women's spit? If I could die drowning in it, it would be my ultimate dream come true. I'm a cowardly man who killed another person, yet I can't face killing myself. So I guess dying in the hands of a woman would be my only way to redemption. So, <laughs> my story is... Uh, <laughs> <the story. laughs> um, it's a more satisfying ending, in a sense. So, my story is, is <laughs> about... I'm giving you guys a history lesson today. It's about loving versus the case of loving versus Virginia. I heard about this case. I don't. I mean, I heard the title. I'm pretty sure it was when I told you about it, and you were like, "You never heard of it before," because some people think that possibly it's uh, oh, has to do lovers. why. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the guy who actually created uh, that slogan, "Virginia's for lovers," says it wasn't because of that, but he did create that slogan just two short years after this whole court case and everything and so it was like mm, okay anyway so it was a case that was brought by Mildred Loving whose original uh what do you what's the word when you someone's name before they get married oh uh, maiden maiden name <laughs> thank you that's why I don't do a podcast by myself um <laughs> there would just be silence like, <laughs> exactly. what was the name of I gotta google hold on y'all <laughs> um, uh who's yeah her maiden name was Jeter um, she was a woman of color and I'm gonna, so when I first read that, I was like, why did they put one woman of color? But I'm gonna explain that later. She, um, so the case, yeah, was brought by her and her husband, Richard Loving. She was a woman of color. He was a white man. Um, and they had been sentenced to a year in prison in Virginia for marrying each other. And so, mm. um, actually, what years, what years, what do you mean? Yeah. What year is this? Oh, 60, 1967 is when it was it's taken. It's always the fucking 60s. Always, always. <laughs> um, yeah, Mildred Dolores Loving is her full name. She was born in uh, Caroline County, Virginia. Um, 
but that's also where Richard Loving is from. They grew up in the same county, and a lot of the counties in Virginia at the time were all segregated, but that was an interesting little town in that there's a lot of mix mixing of races. Um, because Richard himself, he actually worked for, according to Wikipedia, the wealthiest uh, black man in the county. Um, and a lot of his friends were black and, and the people he hung around and stuff. Um, so they met in high school. They fell in love. Um, when she was 18, she got pregnant. And that's when um, Richard moved in with her family. And then they went to get married. They got married in D.C. because hmm. it was allowed. Um, but then after a while, and they, they actually went and they lived um, in D.C., so this was 1958, June 1958, when they went to D.C. to get married. Um, and that was to evade Virginia's Racial Integrity Act of 1924, which made marriage between whites and non-whites a crime. But she... Racial Integrity Act. Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah. Damn. Um, but she got tired of, like, having to travel back and forth because her family and her friends and everything were in Central... Uh, point. So yeah, it was Caroline County Central Point is the name of the town. Um, and so yeah, they went back. They moved back to Virginia. The they got a. Um, anyways, there was a tip. Somebody had tipped off the police that they were Next back door neighbor. Yeah, being nosy. Back living in uh, Virginia, and so it was illegal to. Um, one, it was illegal to like fornicate, basically. Um, so you could go to jail for that. Um, and or were so, they married? Yeah, but because but they was, were... Right, it wasn't recognized? Yeah, because, you know, he was white and yeah. she was a person of color. Um, that wasn't recognized. But also, if... Yeah, but no, if you were just, like, a white person married to another white person, like, fornicating or sex outside of marriage was still, like, able to be punished. More so if you're a woman, but... Anyway. Yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, so someone had tipped off the police that um, they were there. You know who it was? It was whoever wanted that dick. <laughs> exactly. Some like poor ass bitch. white woman who wanted mm -hmm. that dick, yep. saw that, that Stole dick was my going man. to something that she didn't like, and she was like, hello. Yeah. Actually, exactly. it was more like, shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> <Slow. laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so, yeah, the police bust into their house. They were actually trying to catch them in the act of having sex, but they they weren't. They were sleeping. They woke them up. Because um, that's, what, that's what they were going to use as like, oh, this is why we're arresting you, because you're having sex and you're a white guy and a, a lady that's also not white. Instead, you are illegally entering into a house without a warrant. Yeah. And everything should have been thrown out. But <laughs> continue, please. Um, <laughs> Mildred, like, pointed to the their marriage certificate that was on the wall that, like, hey, we're married. And the police is like, well, that's not recognized here in Virginia. So we're arresting you. Um, so she contacted uh, V for Vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah, the, the officers bust in. They were charged under Section 2058 of the Virginia Code, which prohibited interracial couples from being married out of state and then returning to Virginia. Because, yeah, they were married in D.C. Um, and Section 2059, which classified Miss... I don't know how to pronounce this word, and it's not even French. Miss... Miss... 
miscination. Anyways, <laughs> something <laughs> um, as a felony punishable by a prison sentence of between like one and five years. Tribe name like a. It's miskin. Okay, hold on. Is a term given to the mixing of different racial groups through marriage, cohabitation, uh, sexual relations, or procreation, uh, particularly mixing that is perceived to negatively impact the purity of a particular race or culture. Anti miscegenation is a prominent yeah, yeah. theme of yeah racial supremacists. Yeah. yeah. So on January 6, nineteen fifty nine, the Lovings pled guilty to cohabitating as man and wife against the peace and dignity of the Commonwealth. Um, they were sentenced to one year in prison with the sentence suspended on condition that the couple would leave Virginia and not return for at least 25 years. Jeez. And so after their conviction, yeah, they moved to D.C. And then, like I was saying, she got tired of going back and forth. So she wanted to move back. So in 1964, which is five years after, they wrote um, the attorney general at the time, which was Robert F. Kennedy, um, like filing a complaint. And he referred them to the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU. And they were assigned an attorney um, who filed a motion on their behalf. Then, the, the Virginia, long story short, the Virginia Circuit Court upheld that it's unlawful for a white man to be married to a, a, imagine, a lady of color. This is in the 60s, dude. This is yeah. not that long ago. Not this at all. Fight was, ha- and I'm sure. But I'm pretty damn sure these are damn white Republicans just holding their ground, their Republican-ass ideals. Sorry, if we're gonna get any kind of Republicans to listen to this podcast, <laughs> maybe I should tone it down. But how about I don't don't go fuck. don't go so hard on the Republicans. I don't give a fuck. This is you know it is. We can look it up. We can get details, but you know it is. Yeah. And this is only seventy-five years ago. Right? No, shit, sorry, 55 years ago. About 55 years ago. Yeah. Crazy. Right here where we live. Um, so then they, um, the ACLU responded with the motion and they brought it um, a class action suit to the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia. Um, and also, I thought this was really interesting. So the judge, he again upheld that they're in the wrong and he cited uh, this guy Johann Friedrich Blumenbach's 18th century interpretation of race Jesus Christ um, and so the judge's, <laughs> the judge's name was Leon M. Basil or Basil and he said that almighty God created the races white, black, yellow, Malay, and red. And he placed them on separate oh continents. My God. Oh my God. And oh my but God. for the interference with his arrangement, there would be no cause for such marriages. The fact that he separated the races shows that he did not intend for the races to mix. I just find it so absurd that it's laughable because he clearly didn't like open a history book because there's nothing but white people who went to all the other continents with people of color and decided to fuck the shit out of exactly the shit out (laughs) of anything that moved you he he didn't realize that you know america was people of color white people came stole that then they went to countries in africa took those (laughs) black people brought them to this new country that they stole I just thought that was like, wow, just laughable. And then, of course, you know, just a slap on there that, yeah, this is what God wanted. Again, that upheld. They eventually brought it to the Virginia Supreme Court. By the way, Caroline County is between Fredericksburg and Richmond, like 
pretty much halfway through on yeah. the east side of the 95. I mean, we're talking about like this is nowhere Virginia. Even today, it's nowhere Virginia. Like no one lives in that area. So I knew about Caroline County because I don't know if I still do, but I definitely had family who lived there. Um, like that's my granddad kind of grew up in that area. Which yeah, it's is like it anywhere, like nowhere. Is there anything to do there? nowhere. Nothing. It's like I said, in between. Uh, they used to have a house down there, and they <laughs> it was known in my family as like the house down the country. <laughs> That's <laughs> how it was known, not the house in the you know the town past Fredericksburg or in Carolina, like the house down, down the country. The country, dude. Um, Jesus. So we're all the way up court. at the Virginia Supreme Court, all the way Virginia up at the State Supreme yeah. Court. Exactly. Um, they also upheld that they were in the wrong, and that's not okay. Um, so we're we're going to the federal Supreme Court next. Yes, um, of course. But uh, Kavanaugh was on exactly. <laughs> exactly. Grandfather Kavanaugh was sitting in. The, okay. Anyway, what year are we now? We're now in '69. Kim? So, like, they got married in 58 or something 58, like that. yeah. So, for and 10 then, fucking years, they've been fighting their marriage. Well, I guess kind of... And, and a year in of that a was sense, in jail, Yeah, because they the moved... Way. Yeah, because they... Yeah. <laughs> so, that was, yeah, it was 50... Um, no, no, 59, sorry. 59 when they pled guilty. They went to jail for a year. Then they moved to D.C. It wasn't until 65 that they were like, I'm but sick of this. they moved to D.C., because they couldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. so in yeah. a sense they were still uh, sorry validated. it wasn't 69 67 I'm getting dates all wrong on June 12th 1967 okay <laughs> the Supreme Court issued a unanimous 9-0 decision that overturned the Lovings Virginia nice. criminal convictions and struck down anti miscegenation yes laws uh that you know said it wasn't okay for marriage between the races to exist. Um, Do you have any information about the justices at that time? I was just about to say. So um, the court's opinion was written by Chief Justice Earl Warren. He was Republican. Political party was Republican. There we go, man. Not I'm, as much as I will rip on Republicans. Just I mean I understand. Not every Republican is a KKK member. Yeah, and not every Democrat is wanting to change the world and stop climate change. That's the way it is. And uh, here's a great example of that. Um, yeah, and it's uh, the court ruled that because the races of the people involved were the only factors determining whether or not they broke the law, the law was therefore a violation of the Equal Protection Clause. Um, I love how they have to find like specific reasons why instead of just, this it's is just cool shit. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> Ridiculous. Crazy. Ridiculous. Um, and that set a precedent for all the states in the entire country that, like, it was now allowed everywhere to be. What year? 67? 68? Whatever. Late 60s. 67 was when, yeah, that's when they issued their decision. The Supreme Court issued their decision. Now, can you imagine this? Okay. So, whatever. Almost a decade of fighting their marriage, right? And they get up all the way there. You know they had to testify in front of the fucking Supreme Court, maybe. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I don't, I don't know if that even happens. And maybe it didn't. But, but anyway, the Supreme Court is involved. The highest fucking law of the land. The, the highest court of the land. Mm-hmm. And they finally said, it's cool. 
That night must have been some good sex. <laughs> <laughs> that exactly. This, this is just, this is legal sex. <laughs> yeah, about legal, to get it on. <laughs> amazing sex. Exactly. I'm having on my front fucking lawn. Like I am. Um, oh yeah. Just love. I had loud as windows open. Whoever like rat in the mouth. Like just screaming towards her window. <laughs> yeah. Exa- right. Right. <laughs> exactly. We doing it right in front of her house. Mm-hmm. Um. Despite the Supreme Court's decision, um, those anti-miscegenation, I really need to learn how to pronounce that word. Sorry, (laughs) listeners. Um, So local judges in Alabama continue to enforce. (laughs) Alabama is just a bad state for black people and people of color. Yeah. Just skirt Um, state. So local judges in Alabama continue to enforce that um, those laws until the Nixon administration obtained a ruling from the U.S. District Court um, in the United States versus Britain in 1970. And in 2000, in 2000, Jesus. Alabama, uh, yeah, 2000. Alabama, yeah, 2000, 19 years ago, um, Alabama became the last state to adapt its law to the Supreme Court's decision when 60%, not even a whole oh 100, not even 99, not 90%, not 85, not 75%. No, 150%, which is what I wanted to hear. Right. 60% of voters en- endorsed a ballot initiative that removed anti miscegenation language from the state constitution. Yeah, Alabama sucks. Oh. <laughs> Alabama sucks. It's annoying. Um, but to wrap this up, also just speaking of Alabama, really quick, there was a case of Pace. what else can we rip on Alabama? Yeah, <laughs> there was a case of Pace versus Alabama, which um, is it possibly is believed that, that was the first recorded um, interracial sex court case in America, mm-hmm. um, and that was when Tony Pace, an African American man, and Mary Cox, a white woman, were residents of the state, um, and they were arrested in eighteen. 18- up the phone. Hold back up. I'm not going to let that slide. Are you kidding me? She marries a black man and her last name is Cox. Cox. <laughs> Shut the fuck <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing. I wasn't going to say nothing. Um, but they were arrested in 1881 because... She kept her name. Um, uh, Because their sexual relationship violated the state's anti-miscegenation statute. Uh, They were charged with living together in a state of adultery or fornication and both sentenced to two years imprisonment in the state penitentiary in 1882. And of course, they like took it to court, but it went nowhere and they were just still seen as, as wrong. But anyways... Then fast forward to Loving versus Virginia, and so still today, which is crazy, that mm-hmm. if you're not white and you find yourselves in the deepest parts of those states, it's still not safe for you. Not at all. Yeah, you which is crazy. But God forbid you're off white and gay. <laughs> oh yeah. Shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then like walking around town hands holding like you're still not safe. Not at all. Uh and it's 2019. And yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. Like why? Yeah, I don't I don't know. That yeah, but it's it's crazy. Um and that's why I think it's important not to get especially for us who live kind of on like the East Coast, like you can start thinking like all the world's like this, and it's like, nah, nope, no, 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 
just like a couple states away is completely different. Uh, really quick, I want to wrap this up because I only have five minutes left. Um, so I've known about Loving vs. Virginia for a while, and I always just assumed that, like, oh, she was a black lady, he was a white man. But apparently, um, she actually wasn't black. So... Um, it says, during the trial, it seemed clear that she identified herself as black, especially as far as her own lawyer was concerned. However, upon her arrest, the police report identifies her as Indian. Um, she actually said in a 2004 interview, I have no black ancestry. I am Indian Rappahannock. Um, a possible contributing factor is, is that it was seen at the time of her arrest as ad advantageous to be, quote, anything but black. Um, and, you know, there was an ingrained history in the state of the denial of African ancestry. Black. Yeah. And she was just saying that, too. Even in 2004, she's saying that. Um, so, and then, yeah, to wrap up their story, they had three children, Donald, Peggy, and Sydney. Peggy. Um, Richard for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Richard Loving actually died in 1975 at the age of 41. He was struck by a drunk driver <laughs> in Caroline County, which was is really white? sad. I don't know. That would be but just I'm just the like, worst. dang. And that um, was only 75? 1975. So she just, Yeah, they had just, just exactly. They had just started. Yeah, yeah, just a few years. So just sad. And then, um, yeah, Mildred, she passed away on May 2nd, 2008, in her home uh, in Central Point. She died of pneumonia. And she was 68. Um, yeah. So it's like, happy that they kind of helped move things forward but at the same time they didn't have this no Maybe like the they kids. were fighting for their marriage and then he dies just a few years into them having their marriage you know uh, be legal driver. back in the yeah. day it was still okay to be a drunk driver probably didn't yeah. get too much too many years because he killed a black dude so oh wait no he's a white he's dude. white yeah. oh so he got at least five years <laughs> <laughs> um so that's my story. Um, a little choppy, but uh, that's that. And definitely Would you ever go to court to, to, to fight to be with the person that you love? Hells yeah. If I love that person, there would be nothing. <laughs> I, I would fight to the death. But that's not the story of why Virginia's for lovers, because it's definitely the upper court of Virginia who still say Exactly, no. exactly, exactly. nothing to do exactly. with that. Exactly. Virginia... Yeah, Virginia ain't for lovers, dude. You know what? If you want to be lovers, go to the Caribbean or something. You know, this Virginia ain't for lovers. Like, the don't, Caribbean? Don't, or like the Mediterranean. Just go somewhere where it's nice. And Virginia is, is all right. You know, in Virginia in the fall is one of the prettiest things I've ever seen. But that's so, only a couple of weeks. The original idea for the campaign for Virginia's for lovers came from uh, this guy named Robert McLaughlin. Um the idea was for a series of different slogans highlighting different tourism locations and activities. Virginia is for beach lovers would be used for beach vacation advertising. Mm. And so it's just all marketing. Yeah. Yeah, Nothing. that's it. That's yeah, that's literally it. It was trying to bring people to Virginia. So um that's what I'm saying. It doesn't quite fit for me. Like the why is Virginia? Well, that's why I said some lovers? people think uh, I get, you know, again, like it has wonderful seasons. Yeah, but, we but, do have all four. And, we, you know, we I always like to say we kind of get... We don't have to deal with, like, hurricanes or tornadoes. Exactly. Like, we just get the outskirts of, of everything. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. from every, like, 
You don't get that anything one earthquake in 2006. That was, that was like, not an earthquake. Hey, but I'm a they conspiracy had to, theorist. They had to like. <laughs> well, it's true. I wasn't there for it. Uh, oh, I remember it. But they had to repair the goddamn monument. Uh, the, yeah. the, the pencil. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Washington the monument. monument. <laughs> uh, yeah, the which actual has name. Just right. reopened. Not because of that. They were. Yeah. Also, re- like doing a whole bunch of other things. So they just recently they were opened. refurbishing the monument because <laughs> that thing was old as sin. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so fight for what you love, people. Fight for who you love. Damn it, no, I wouldn't. Uh, Just as long as it's not eating people or sleeping with kids, don't don't mm-hmm. fight for that. Don't fight for that. Just get help. <laughs> get help. If you got no one, it's like if you don't have friends, you can go to. If you don't have family, you can turn to. Yeah, we need they to turn, turn the, the light. They, 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 <laughs> speaking of turning, they're turning the lights off. <laughs> okay, let's end this. Let's just end this. All right, all right, peace. Um, exactly. Do we have a sign off? Um, we don't have to be great. We gotta, we gotta find something though. Yeah. Um, to infinity and this beyond. one is like, "Stay sexy, don't get murdered." Is from uh, my favorite murder podcast. Uh, <laughs> so we like something like that. Like, stay sexy, don't get murdered. <laughs> Fight for what you love, but not if it's eating people. <laughs> Sorry, we're not available right now. But leave us a message on Twitter or Instagram at ants humans stars. And we'll make sure to get back to you eventually. Also, if you like us, leave us a five-star review. And we'll make sure to officiate your wedding at a future date. Just send us the deets and plane tickets and hotel stays and everything. And we'll, we'll, we'll make sure to make that happen. It's human stars in everything. It's human stars in everything. It's human stars.